Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to interview small cap CEOs about what's going on at their companies. With us today, I'm happy to have him again, Alan Barry Labucan. He's president CEO of Advanced Gold, the company trades on the venture exchange on the stock symbol AAX. Now, we're talking to Alan today because gold is finally on the move, and he is a gold expert who's been on BNN a lot in the past talking about resources. So, we are going to talk about where gold is going and why it's, you know, over $1,430 right now. But in the meantime, here's what you need to know about Advance. Uh, it's Alan's first project, and it looks like it's a great one. They control 100% interest in the Tabascana silver mine. That's located in the state of Zacatecas. That's produced about 40% of the, of the silver ever mined in Mexico. And if I'm not mistaken, about 10% of the silver ever mind in the world, and Al may or may not correct me on that, or that sounds like I'm right. Alan's goal is to identify a world-class epithermal system. Sounds like a lot of talk. You know, a lot of guys say that, but not here. He's already embarked on three drill programs, and he's identified a cluster of 30 epithermal veins. We're going to talk about what that is and, uh, and what that means. And by the way, for everyone who's either watching at home or listening in on their podcast or uh, by Spotify or Google Podcasts, whatever the case may be, um, what's really important to know here is that Alan lives and dies by the drill bit. Uh, so, you know, what he, you know, we're, we'll drill him here, pardon the pun, but we're, we're excited to, to hear information. He's going to show us a 3D model, but for those of you who are listening in by Spotify or a podcast, don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll get you to, we'll, we'll explain it well enough for everyone to understand. They also own a great joint venture project. We may or may not get to that. Uh, that was recent part of the takeover by Barrett. But let's get into Tabascana. Alan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, George. Thanks for having me again. It's uh, good to see you. Hey, great to have you back. It still looks like you're a witness protection program. Uh, for those <laughs> who are, can't see Alan, he's got the full beard and hair, the glasses going. And he's in Mexico, so I'm still I'm still not certain what he's doing down there. But I'm, for now, I'm, uh, I'm going back to my native roots, George. I'm gonna I, I'm 54, so I figured since all my friends are losing their hair, I might as well grow my hair long and uh, and go back to my native roots. Step I've never had long hair actually. It's about the longest I've ever had it. Hey, you can't beat me in stock picking contests. You may be, be, be able to beat me in hair growing contests. So in a couple of months, we'll compare uh, hair. You got, a pretty good, you got a pretty good hairline there, Georgie. I don't think you got to worry. All right. So, buddy, let's get into uh, Tabascana. All right. Sure. Uh, you're trying to identify a world-class epithermal system. You've actually identified a cluster of 30 epithermal veins. So for everyone at home, before we get into it, the layman, why do you want to identify a world-class epithermal system? And then well, what does it mean that you identified a cluster of 30 epithermal veins? 
Okay, first of all, George, 30% of the precious metals produced worldwide comes from epithermal vein systems. Okay. So that's a good start. Um, in the area that I am, Zacatecas, you were correct. 10% of the world's silver ever produced has come from within about a hundred mile radius of where I live I'm in Zacatecas City. It's phenomenal geology. Um, and uh, when we first got involved with the Tabascania project, it had some small scale mining by uh, Pinoles, one of the Mexican major mining companies. Uh, they mined about 80 meters down and about 150 meters along strike. When I got the project, the first thing I wanted to do was determine if that first vein, the one that came to surface, extends to depth. So we drilled down there and we hit a 12 meter intersection of vein. Now that's important for a couple of reasons. One, in the oxides above, they only mine two to four meters. So now we're talking 12 meters. That's pretty significantly thicker. And what that told me is that the vein system is strong that uh, below this oxide zone at the top. So then we uh, progressed to drill uh, 10 holes over the last, let's say, year, which is when we originally found this. Sure. And, uh, and by the way, by the way, you've had some, you know, some great results and some great reactions in the market. Uh, so yeah, you, you're, you're definitely on to something there, that's for sure. Yeah, well, we've been flatlining for six months or so, like a lot of juniors, but um, it's the quality of project that really wakes me up in the morning, George. And uh, um, so we kept on drilling and uh, we found a cluster of these big epithermal veins. Most of the veins in the area are two to four meters wide. And uh, we're hitting 19, 20 meter veins um, big thick intersections of veins and a bunch of them. And you thought is a cluster typical for your for this, for the Zacatecas area? Well, you can find clusters, but they're not very usual, George. Uh, for example, you know, in my reports that I've done over the years, one that I had a lot of success with was Extore. They found a cluster down in Argentina, and they ultimately got bought out for a half a billion dollars. Um, the other not that we're trying to apply, by the way, for everyone watching, listening, not that we're trying to imply that, you know, that's what advanced gold has got, but obviously that's just an example of someone who's got a successful. Oh, I can't imply that we do or don't actually. Right, of course, of course. <laughs> I don't know if we have another story, but what the point that's more important about that is, how many times do you get to swing the bat at something like that? And that's why I brought up Xtory. Extory was bought out 10 years ago. Uh, the other one uh, that I know of is in uh, that um, was bought, Fruta del Norte. Just went into production today, actually. It was originally found by Aurelian. Uh, and uh, so these clusters are not common. Epithermal veins are more common, but to get an actual entire cluster is quite unique. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how typical is it to find a cluster and for, and for that cluster to be uneconomic or, or dud? Well, I don't know of one. That... All right. So that, 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 see, that's why I'm asking these kind of layman questions. So finding a cluster is actually very significant. Well, what it tells you, George, 
and I'm going to get into this later a bit, is it tells you that the system below it was strong and powerful enough to get gold mineralization up into that near surface uh, environment where it's not really even supposed to be. It's not hot enough and it's not, it's not uh, uh, enough pressure to create the gold mineralization in the upper parts of the system. In our case, I'm going to pull this up because this tells a significant part of our story, George. Here You're going to pull I, up the 3D model? Yeah, I'm going to pull up the 3D model because this really helps people. Can you see those models, George? Absolutely. Okay. So what this first one is, this is the north. Oh, by the way, for everyone, for everyone who's listening on, on, on podcast, uh, what we're what we're seeing here are Alan kind of give a big give an exclamation if you can so what we're seeing for yeah people. okay I'm going to do that what we have here is actually for people that are listening you can go to our website and look at our news release of June the 13th which has these 3D models in it and what you're looking at here George is first of all here's the horizon that's the surface this big red panel here. That is the shell of the underground mining, okay? And uh, this green thing here and this blue thing, those are historical, that's the historical production sh shell and that's the historical uh, production uh, shafts, okay? Yeah. So now we went over to the, to the uh, west of that, uh, that shell and we started drilling, looking for stuff over here. Uh, These little dots you're seeing, on one side is gold, and on the other side is silver. So you see there's a thick hit there, then another batch, then some more. And then you go from, actually, I'm going to go down to the next one, because this shows you the length a little bit better. This hole, compared to this hole, is about 450 meters. And, that and from this sheet here to this most westerly hole is about another 300 meters. So what that tells you, George, is you've got about 400 meters of mineralized gold and silver mineralized vein hits. Now, what the next process is, now we want to get some geophysics done. Because what the geophysics will tell us is, if you look at this deep hole, the uh, the graph the fillites are the uh, where the veins you want to hit them in that. That's where all the mines are. Okay, we only hit about I don't know 10 meters of it. All of our veins are up above so far. So what we want to do now is now you want to look for in an epithermal vein system you want to look for what is called the boiling zone. The boiling zone is where that gold and silver came from, okay? It didn't come from where we hit it. It came from deeper. Okay. And do you have, now, hold on. Do you have to find that, or is that just the lotto ticket mother load, but you've got enough that you found, you know, closer to surface already, and you're happy well, with Well, George, that. that had to come from somewhere, right? And uh, it didn't come from outer space. It came from deeper. And in these epithermal, we know 500 years of mining in, in Zacatecas. We know a lot about these epithermal vein models. We know what kind of rock you have to be in for the veins to be 
in the uh, boiling zone, how deep you have to go. And so the next step is to find where did all this gold and silver come from? And so what we're going to do is a, what's called a 3D IP anomaly. I love how uh, complicated everything gets made in this business. But basically what it will do, George, is it will highlight anomalies below from about 300 meters to 600 meters. In that big white space there. That big white space. That's where we think down here is where you're going to find the boiling zone. And I could continue to drill on lines and, and spacing like this, George, but it gets too hard that way and too expensive. I might spend 20 holes looking for the, uh, the, the boiling zone. Instead, with the IP geophysics, they're going to take, they'll take a grid of 850 meters long by 400 meters wide, and they take 10,000 different readings. Uh, induced polarization, it's called. Basically, it's this is the best geophysical method to highlight your epithermal vein systems. And what are you doing that, Alan? Well, I'm just right now, we're doing $150,000 to $200,000 financing. The geophysics program will cost us about 30 grand US. And uh, the rest of the money I'm going to use to drill into the boiling zone once we light it up with the geophysics. So it sounds like you're pretty confident that you've had it. Can I play devil's advocate and say, what if the boiling zone is not there? Or what if it's way deeper and you can't get to it? Well, we hope to see that in the geophysics. If it's too deep, I mean, you know, you're going to, I don't think it is, George, because you've got, look at, I mean, these, these could all be separate veins here, right? They could be one thick vein that's dipping this way. We really need to get in there and pinpoint where to go and find the source of all this gold and silver. And it has to, it's like when I did the diamond stuff, right, George? If I found a diamond indicator mineral, I know the only place that grows in the upper mantle is the same place as diamonds. So if I find a diamond indicator mineral, there has to be a diamondiferous kimberlite somewhere near that. Um, and uh, so the same story, same kind of thing here. You've got all this gold and silver mineralization. Where did it come from? And in these epithermal vein systems, it comes from boiling zones. And we haven't hit that boiling zone yet. So what's the timeline, do you think? Because you got to raise the money, so you don't have a definite timeline. But, you know, ballpark, what are you thinking in terms of if, if you have the money today in hand, how long would it take to get this? Yeah. IP. Uh, it'll take me 11 days. The geophysics team will take 11 days to do the survey. Mm -hmm. And I can start drilling pretty much within days after that. My drilling company is about a two hour drive from where I live or from the property. So as soon as I see those geophysical uh, anomalies, I can send them out there to start drilling. And I also use a lab down here in uh, Mexico. It's not what you call an accredited lab. And you are allowed to use those, George, but you have to um, make sure that they're a quality uh, lab. In this case, the lab we use is used by all the major mining companies here in, uh, in Mexico. They actually get their standards for sampling from uh, Pinoles, which is a major mining company. Uh, and they even, when the local, there's a lot of local small scale miners here. Whenever there's a dispute between the grade that they got paid for and, uh, 
and what the what they think the grade is, they send it to this lab as a referee. So I I have all the confidence in the lab. Uh, and the beauty of it, George, is I can get turnaround on these results in about a week. And if and then if the numbers are hopefully something that you're really happy with, something great, then you can always send it off to a traditional lab, an accredited yeah. lab that you have to. Get yeah, that's actually before. that's actually their process. If they get high um, above um, above, um, it's not standard. If it's above the uh, uh, upper limit then they send it to another lab to verify. Um, so, for example, say we got more than a, a quarter of an ounce, they'll send it to another lab for verification. Really top quality procedures and everything, George. It's just like using a Canadian lab. I mean, this, this lab's been working for 30 some years, um, mining down here for 500 years. You know, if they weren't any good, they wouldn't be around for that long. Right. Um, so what are you hoping to find? I know you're hoping to find the boiling point, but you know, how big does that have to be? You know, does that have to be, you, know, you don't I need like to Fort Knox to be economical here. I like um, that question, George, because as I've still got this uh, 3D model up there, when you get that much distribution of uh, mineralization, gold and silver, it has to come from a big system. Now, I don't know what the grade is of that system, but the, again, the fact that you've got gold and silver all over the place is a good indicator of the size of the boiling zone system below and the potential for high grade. Now, if and I just why they call this a cluster, right? Because you've got so many gold. Yeah, and yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, George, if if when it comes to the grade potential, if I was in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and didn't have world-class minds all around me, to speculate then would be a little bit different, okay? When I've got the data from all the map mines around me and all they're all world-class, you know, I'm looking for a world-class boiling zone, uh, bottom line. And if it is, well, Mag Silver is about 40 miles down the road, Mag Silver is about to per turn on their Juanicipio mine that made them famous uh, in the next four or five months. They will be the lowest cost producer of silver in the world. It's going to get a lot of attention, and uh, we might have a system that's bigger. Uh, why I say that is uh, if you look at the Mag Silver um, uh, discovery, it's, all, it's uh, two veins, uh, two to four meters wide and it goes for about a thousand meters. I just showed you here five, about 500 meters is striked by, uh, by about 300 meters of width, and that's a cluster in there, not just one or two veins. So, you know, we're in world-class area, and like I said, George, I'm looking for a world-class boiling zone underneath this mineralized hits that we've had with the drilling. And the great thing is, Assuming everything goes well for people at home, you've um, you're really putting your money where your mouth is because you and a couple of people own uh, a big a big portion of the shares in this company, and you've only got about 20 million shares outstanding, 25 or 26 after warrants and things like that. So it's a relatively tight structure that you guys own about 30, 40 percent. 
Yeah, well, between me and Brad, um, the chairman, Brad Newell, my he's my best friend. We've been golfing buddies since we were kids. Um, he owns 20%. I own around 10% fully diluted. Our fully diluted now is 35 million. Uh, amongst a small group that's associated with us, we probably own well over half the stock. You know, having been a, uh, a researcher and a reporter on the industry since 2005 and as a consultant in the industry since 1993, I've learned a lot. I've learned what causes problems and everything I'm doing with Advance is taking that all into consideration. Tight share structure. So if we find something serious, we can see a big bang in the stock. If we have 200 million shares out, George, like a lot of these juniors now, at the start of an exploration project, and they find something spectacular, it's not going to move their stock very much. Yeah, good luck. We got a tight, small share structure, and uh, that's important as as is the project quality. Um, let me ask something because you you know a lot of people in the industry, right? You you network with some pretty bright minds in the industry. What's the reaction been from people in the know, you know, people who, who, you know, this is their livelihood, this is their expertise. What's, what's, what's been their reaction to this cluster and what you've got so far, what you're aiming to do? Well, you know, when we're, when you're as small as us, George, you, you know, you don't get into the same circles as, as many do. The, the most important technical person to me is our geologist, Jock, senior Jose Parga. Jose was uh, the, uh, he ran the geological survey of Mexico for 30 years. Now to put that into context, George, um, until about 25 years ago, no foreigners were allowed to, foreign companies were allowed in Mexico. So really most of the exploration work that went into the discoveries that were subsequently made by Canadian companies was all done by Senior Parga in the Geological Survey. And so, you know, he knows more about Mexican geology than anybody in the world. When I see him smiling, I'm smiling because he knows how rare it is to find this stuff, George. Now, you look at our stock price and everybody goes, yeah, yeah, so what? Um, but, you know, this isn't the first time you're early into a discovery where people go, yeah, so what? Um, I'm about to, I think we'll show them, yeah, so what, uh, once we start the, uh, get the geophysics done and target the boiling zone of this system. Um, how serendipitous is it, how important and serendipitous is it that as you're going into this very important phase for advanced gold, this very important phase trying to find you know, the boiling point, um, that gold and silver are starting to I don't want to say take off. I think that's too strong, but are definitely breaking out, right? Because gold forever was, you know, couldn't get through 1380 ping pong around. Now we're over 1350. It struggled to get over 1350 six times in the last three years. Uh, it was the, the roof. I call it the magic number in my report. It kept on hitting 1350, 1350. So, this recent breakout is really important because for the first time in three years, it, it was able to get through 1350 quite aggressively. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a fundamental supply and demand kind of guy. 
And also, I know that we're priced in the U.S. dollar, and how it performs in the U.S. dollar is the most important. So to look at this fundamentally, you got to look at the supply. Supply is really tight. There's been about three decades worth of underinvesting to produce to to do the next replace what they're mining. And a perfect example of that, George, is South Africa. When I got into the business, they produced about 60% of the world's gold. They didn't do any production during my career. Now they're down to less than 10%. In 25 years, I've been in the business. And most of that happened over the last 12, 15 years. It goes to show you, if you don't invest, you're not going to be producing. Now South Africa will be a minor producer in the next few years. That's happening industry-wide. Okay, so we've got a great supply situation. Then on the demand side, China and India, as they grow more, they consume more gold. They don't trust fiat currency. They like to wear it for religious purposes and cultural reasons. They like to hold their wealth in it. They don't think much of paper currency. Now, when it comes to the US dollar, it has been trading near 100 for a number of years now. I've been saying it should go that's back. A US dollar, that's a U.S. dollar index. Yeah, I think the U.S. dollar is way overvalued. And now that the market is starting to realize the next moves by the Fed are to lower rates, that will not be supportive of the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is going to get pummeled in the next couple of years. And that's great for gold because gold is priced in U.S. dollars. So for everyone at home watching and listening. Gold and silver, George, the, 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 US dollar, the cheaper it is for something to buy in their own currency. Exactly, exactly. So, so where do you see gold? Uh, listen, where do you... Hold on, before that, I had to tie it in to... You yeah. asked me originally why I thought it is extremely serendipitous, George, that we've been short of struggling for the last year. We've made this discovery, the stock pop. For the last six or eight months, it's been going sideways. Nobody seems to care. But... I look all the time out there for what exploration projects there are. And if you want me to put them together a menu, George, it's not a very big menu. And when the, the crowds start coming in, they're going to be facing a small menu of companies to look at. And I want to make sure we're one of those companies. And with our tight share structure, amazing geology down here, tremendous uh, infrastructure. There's a re second reason why mag silver will be the lowest cost producer of silver. Not only is it that the grade isn't tremendously high, the costs are tremendously low. That's our area because there's infrastructure everywhere. In fact, George, running right through our property is a road and on the other side of the road is a power line going right through our property. So you're basically, you can have a picnic where you are and Nobody would know the difference. That's how that's how the cell phone. I can call you on the cell phone while we're having a picnic at the head frame of our <laughs> the old mining uh, workings. All right. So and look, everything's got to point in the right direction. Where do you see first of all, let me ask you a question. For your for the Zacatecas area, where do you need gold? Where does gold and silver typically need to be for all your neighbors to be econ you know to be economic? Do they need they're you know, all economic or economic right now at current prices. Uh, silver, um, I think in the feasibility study for mag silver, uh, they are talking about 11 or $12 an ounce uh, silver. They can make money. 
uh, lots oh, that's, of money. That's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, up in the northern part, Penasquito, Gold Corps Mine, that's their lowest cost producer, I believe. It's so their... And that's, what, that's why I wanted to get that question. You're in a low cost area. Look, there's some places that have a ton of gold, but it's expensive as hell, right? It's, and they need... 1400 gold just to break even where you're saying oh, it doesn't matter if you have four knocks you, you can't break even unless the market whereas you don't need that you're you're in an area where everybody is like a really economic right now already yeah it's one of the lowest cost areas in the world george uh, which is why i moved down here you know i used to uh, andre gumond who ran virginia gold i've had a chance to get his ear a lot of times in interviews and stuff and I always ask Andre, why, Andre, have you never left the James Bay lowlands of Quebec? He said, Alan, the uh, geology is amazing and it's underexplored and I can spend the rest of my career here. I, I emailed him once I was down here and I said, I think I found my James Bay lowlands. But there's a big difference. Nicer James, weather. James Bay lowlands is very expensive. This is very cheap. Yeah, and uh, so so let's talk about you know the gravy that could be if all goes well, if all goes well. Where do you see so you know, if all goes well, you're economic now. You know you should have something economic right now. It's too early to talk about numbers, but just theoretically speaking. But where do you see? And you've been a gold bug. Look, you and I have actually disagreed on gold moves in the past. Where don't get me wrong, I think gold long term can do very well. But I didn't agree a lot with the timelines you were in but but you, know, you got it wrong so that's okay well after after six years of you know cannabis and other investments i'm okay with that but <laughs> you know riding other waves now hey i may be joining this with you where does where's gold is is this is this going to get pounded right back because you know sometimes we have these starts or is this a breakout and if it's a breakout where does he go 12 months from now well you know george i go back to the u.s dollar and uh, I think the market, the reason that it broke out is because the market understands that the next are lowering interest rates. And whether the Fed is lowering or hiring, they really are painted into a corner. They, they, uh, they, they increase. I've been saying that on Twitter since 2000. You know, they, eight years or 10 years of this bull market, they had virtually zero interest rates. Okay. Sure. And they were only able to get up to what, two and a half percent? When they started raising them, the let the in the past well, the ten year got to three and a half for a little bit, and that was completely unreasonable. And now it's a back down. To I'm talking about the overnight Fed rate, okay? Oh, sorry, yeah. With with that much uh, velocity of lending and pumping into heroin into the system, you should have been able to ratchet those uh, those interest rates up to five percent, six percent more normalized so that if there was a following uh, slowdown, you'd be able to lower the interest rates back to a couple percent. Now they got to stop at two and a half and where are they going to stop on the downside at virtual, at actual zero? Right now they, they, they're not up, they're not keeping up to inflation. Uh, so, so what does that do for gold? What, is, what does that do to your gold? drives it way higher, man. Look at what it's done just as people are starting to get the reality that the next moves are lowering, we're already popping above six, uh, above multiple year uh, 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 ceiling on the price of gold. But so you got, you got a number in mind for is this is this going to be is this going to be a hockey stick 
or is it going to be a nice stair step on the never, next Nothing three, goes years? up in a hockey stick, George. Pardon me? Nothing goes up in a hockey stick. Everything gets, you know, it goes up and up and down, up and down, like we're seeing today. Gold's down. Everybody's panicking. Gold's out of you. No, no. It's still at fourteen hundred and some dollars for crying out loud, you guys. Take right, a so chill. Give me a number. So last last time, give me a number as to where gold is twelve months from now. Can I give you a range? Sure, of course. Yeah, listen, your life doesn't depend on it, but just be good to. I'm gonna say sixteen hundred to eighteen hundred. Wow. By this time next year. And that will that will be the influx of a lot of cash. And and again, George, the investors out there are poorly prepared. Uh, the companies out there are poorly prepared. If I went out and gave you a menu of good juniors that are exploring good projects that they can keep their stock tight, the menu is tiny. And yet there's going to be a big crowd coming in. People should be out there buying these dirt cheap juniors like it's going out of style right now because it will be going out of style really fast. Well, we can't, uh, we're, you know, we're not allowed to tell people to what to buy and that they should be buying. But for everyone at home who's watching. Sure you can, George. You're not a broker. For everyone that, yeah, but we represent, you know, we, we represent. We live in a country of, we are in free speech country, George. Hold on, hold on. But what we've done is, uh, we put out a great a great article on Agorcom. You can find it on Alan's forum. You can find it on the blog. Trust me, you can find it. It's with gold over fourteen hundred dollars. Five companies, you know, five five junior gold companies that you should be watching. Yeah, they should be watching right now. Well, right now, in my gold is one of those five. So I, you know, that's going to help people try and figure this a out. Tiny, there's a tiny, tiny amount of good exploration companies. And George, if you wanted me to give you a nutshell of what I'm trying to do with Agoracon, or I mean with Advanced, I want to grow it into the, the, the best exploration company there is on the planet. I've been, doing, I've been poking holes in the ground for 25 years. I've run my own programs. I've uh, written a scientific paper on unique diamond indicator minerals. Diamonds are the hardest thing to look for. If you know diamonds, you can look for anything. And uh, I think that with gold and silver and diamonds, there's tremendous opportunities out there. And uh, I don't want to just be uh, another explorer. I want to be the best explorer. I got educated by some of the best exploration people in the business, in geophysics, geochemistry, geology. I understand this stuff inside and out, and I'm the kind of guy that can drive it forward. And the reason I say that, George, is we need more good exploration companies, not just a bunch of- Yeah, just about supply and demand. You got, you've got to have them, otherwise the world's going to go gonna dry, and then you do get that hockey stick, boom, moving gold all of a sudden. Exactly. Or you end up like South Africa. Forth. You end up like South Africa. You don't spend enough, industry-wide, you don't spend enough, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have no mines at the end of the day. Do you think the industry and investors are finally coming to that? Because let's face it, over the last 10 years, they've been really distracted in uh, equities, straight Not up large-cap equities. Then they moved into social media because you know earlier in the decade, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, you know, big platforms. Then cannabis came. Cannabis is still here. 
do you think that you know the investment community and the, and the big funds are, are starting to take a serious look at you know this space recognizing the lack of supply and recognizing the higher prices or do you think you're still you still haven't convinced the big money to, to, to come into the industry yet I don't even think they're close to understanding the supply and demand scenario. I think this move is purely the opposite of the U.S. dollar move. Uh, if supply and demand was governing the price of gold right now, I think we'd be trading, you know, significantly higher than where it is. I mean, George, the average cost is now like 1200 bucks. We're trading at the average cost of producing this stuff. Everywhere you look, the mine... The average grade of mine head grade is going down. The average discovery grade is going down. If supply was really understood, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about, you know, raising $150,000, $200,000 to do a little drill program with a valuation of a million and a half. It's, they're not, they're not even close to understanding what's well, hopefully, hopefully people listening at home right now going to give it some good thought, you know, do some due diligence and, uh, and uh, take advantage of that if, if you're right, Alan. But as always, buddy, thanks for, thanks for coming on because interviews with you are always great. They're from the heart. They're from the brain. There's no hype. Uh, it's just based on solid, you know, solid theory, solid facts, solid science. So looking well, forward to having you back when you get the IP done. That situation does not come around very often. I've been in the business since 93. I've seen the situation where stocks are trading at such low valuations yeah. relative to the, what they have about three times in my career. In prior to the 2001 to 2011 bull market, after 2008, and in the late 1990s. That's the only time I've seen where you can buy at this cheap relative to what's in the ground gold. You know, George, think of it this way. I could go out and buy an ounce of gold tomorrow, 1500 bucks. I get an ounce. I can go out and buy a fraction of an ounce in the ground for pennies, literally pennies, not $1,500, pennies. That doesn't happen very often. If I could tell investors out there one thing, whether you're looking at advanced gold or any other company, it's time to buy. It's time to get in there and take advantage of these dirt cheap valuations. Alan, as always, you don't miss words, buddy. So we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave it there. Have, looking forward to having you back as soon as the IP, you know, the, the IP work is done. Uh, see what you come up with because it sounds like uh, you may be onto something, and you already, you've already you've already got the cluster that you're looking for. Now you just gotta find. Uh, that boiling point there, and uh, and we hope you get it. Because if you get that, I can't imagine how you're going to be jumping off the screen for that interview. <laughs> you know, I might be coming to visit you in my own plane by then, George. Hey, if anyone <laughs> deserves it, it's you. You know, I'd walk you forward, but at the end of the day, I'd say. Well, I might have to wait until I build it into the best exploration company in the world to get the plane, but I'll work on it. You've been watching Alan Barry Labucan. Present CEO at Vance Gold, trades at TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol AAX. Do your due diligence, get to a Gorkov, bunch of the company's name or stock symbol. Take a look at the profile information there because there was a lot of it, a lot to, you know, of information to, 
to try and put together here. So don't worry about it. If you were trying to quickly take notes, it's all there. Watch this interview again. Watch a couple of previous interviews because Alan has been right on about, you know, what he's doing. And uh, and then hopefully consider Advanced Gold at the end of the day. And if you've got any questions, you post them right in the forum. Alan will answer them himself. And that says a lot when it comes to uh, that kind of access. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a fantastic day. See you soon. Adios, George.